What's going on, y'all? As we hop in, we wanted to first offer a land acknowledgement to honor the ancestors and the earth. We acknowledge that we reside on the original land of the Cherokee, Chickasaw, Yuchi, and Shawnee people. We honor them as the original caretakers of this land. We also honor ancestors of African descent whose forced labor built our city. We give gratitude to the earth elements, land, local waters, air, and fire for sustaining our human life. To learn more, we encourage you to visit native-land.ca as you deepen your relationship with the original inhabitants of the land in which you reside on. And with that in mind, let's hop in. So yeah, I'm, I'm feeling amazing. Because you've been getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And then what do you do? Like, what, if this was a, a, a get ready with Titus. Now, I gotta be honest, my 4 a.m. wake up is not where I want it to be at all. Okay. Like, I, I see myself doing different things, yeah. better things in the morning right now, but I'm right now about nine days in yeah. to every day between 4, sometimes 3, and 5.30 3 a.m. 3 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Dude. And, and it's hilarious. I journaled this maybe four days ago. Maybe on Sunday or so. I journal this. It's hilarious because right now I'm being woken up at that time. If your body just now. My body does it now. Yeah. And I've been able to watch two hours after my wake up time, my normal alarm go off. Oh, so you're like up before the I'm alarm. I'm up active doing things. Yeah. And the alarm goes off. I'm like, oh. And it's funny because a month ago, I'd be stressing. Well, at so alarm wait. Time. You like that the alarm, you're beating the alarm. I love it. Because, for, like, if I would wake up at four in the morning before my alarm, which I barely even sleep with an alarm, to be honest, mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, more time to sleep. I'm just going to wait for my alarm. But you, like, you're like, I don't care that it, the alarm didn't go off. It was funny because people often say, I mean, me even too. I remember saying that back, back in the day, why am I awake? I can sleep instead. Yeah. When instead, a part of what was making this making these past nine days amazing for me is I have chosen to draw back, like you said, my energy, my power, yeah, and my goals. You're drawing back your goals, mm-hmm. as my, in redrafting them, or what? Redrafting them, resetting them, and reformatting them to come from me, yeah, and not for the world. That is very good. It's been such is, a powerful thing. That's a life changing. It's a life. Uh, changing change thing yeah and it didn't take long yeah well it took a little while to gather gather the awareness of it all maybe my month or so my, 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 my month or so but once i realized okay titus i can't keep up in this same way of living yeah i know that i have too many things in me to offer the world yeah and i can't keep letting my own not laziness per se but just getting by-ness get me by any longer. Mm-hmm. I know the value of routine. I know the value of intentionality. I know the value of morning time. Um, and once I decided it, and I made maybe two adjustments with some things in my life personally. Um, of course, 
one big thing was social media. Yeah. Um, social media on in the morning, I cut that out fully. Um, a couple other things that were putting my attention in the morning as well, I, 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 I let them go too. And that gave me, first of all, freedom of mind. Mm-hmm. And not just freedom of mind, but then again, people, people, always, people always fight about, okay, I'm up in the morning, why am I awake? Mm-hmm. Well, I have things that are, I need to accomplish that are mine mm-hmm. to accomplish. Yeah, right. My things that are going that, that, that to progress my goal yeah. for my body, for my clarity of mind. For my ability to, to my ability to 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 embody life best. Yeah, I think that's interesting because when you talk about like pulling your power and your energy and all of like bits and pieces of you back mm-hmm. from what you were doing previously and how it's like serving you mm-hmm. differently, mm-hmm. that's so important because people don't manage their energy. And that's been the word. Yeah. This morning I wrote down self-management yes you have to like you really do have to like kind of take a step back and almost kind of find out ways to quantify yeah okay i talked with this person or interacted with this person this yep. kind of way and i gave a lot to them yep and it that, was not that, that right there and then you repeat that throughout the day right like i'm overgiving or maybe I, they overgave to me you know it's like you have to kind of like step take a step back zoom out and be like whoa like that, that's why I'm so tired at the end of the day because things were not reciprocated in the right proportions energetically. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and this, this kind of harkens back to a talk that you and I had on, I think, that episode months ago about me having the desire to connect. Yeah. And to, and to be, because I can give. Yeah. Give. And that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. My connection skills shouldn't be because I can. Even though my connection skills are valuable and they have great impact, that doesn't also support my own well-being. Yeah, right. I'm having to throttle and adjust mm-hmm. and manage again. And not only manage what I'm giving in terms of connection to people and, and, and opportunities and moments, but also, I think you alluded to this a minute ago, you alluded to the fact of even nourishing myself mm-hmm. and caring for myself mm-hmm. and doing things that will bring my body clarity yeah doing things that i know will bring me into alignment yeah for me um one thing in particular that i, I i've been learning through mm-hmm. is showering okay and showering of course can be a very physical thing yeah clean your body whatever for a few months now i've noticed that showering has been very, very spiritual for me yeah not just spiritual in terms of i'm gonna you know it's, it's like a baptism or whatever Spiritual in terms of my, and people know this, it's science, I think it's been studied for sure. Science has proven, I believe, that your thoughts become more fluid mm-hmm. and expansive in the shower. Yeah, well, I don't know if you remember that last event that the group had on Earth Day. There was a medium there that I talked to for like three hours. Mm-hmm. And she was saying she actually trained her medium, mediumship skills in the shower. Because that's the time where it's quietest. That's the time, like I said, it's very spiritual. That's the time where you're most connected to yourself and embodied. And, you know, it's more, like you said, it's more than just cleansing or purifying. It's more than that. Yeah, it's more than time for self. And like she was saying, like she cultivated her skills. Yeah. With shower time. In the shower time. It's kind of sacred in that way. So part of it is the physical where I'm immersing in nature. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm being covered in water. 
for a while. And you're a water sign. So and I'm a water sign. Yeah. And I'm a water sign. And then, like her, the spiritual element where my mind is being cleared and terrified, I'm setting my day in the shower. I'm cleaning myself. I'm cleaning. I'm clarifying myself in, in the morning. And from there on forward, my mind is clear. I'll meditate. Mm-hmm. I'll sit with some goals. I'll write, maybe. Whatever the things may or may not come up. And again, like I said earlier, the system isn't right just yet. Yeah. But I do have about five things that I'm now actively engaging in every morning. Yeah. That's cool. I'm excited for you. Thank you. Because I can tell a change and you do seem much more focused, much more able to, um, yeah, to be productive, even though, you know, the word productive can be overused mm-hmm. and it's kind of co-opted at this point. But yeah, I think what you're producing, though, is of a higher quality, a higher standard because... Mm-hmm. You're so focused. Mm-hmm. It's helping you to be like, you know, kind of laser focused mm-hmm. on the right way to do things. And like you said, when your energy is calibrated in the yeah. right amount, yeah. you can actually like focus it in a way that is, like I said, of a higher standard. Than and, then, and then one thing that I want to say, last, last thing i say about this for sure now at least, is I mentioned this to my sister. I think it was on the phone last week. As you, as I, I'm missing myself, as I nourished me yeah the best of me comes out mm-hmm. yeah that's how you upgrade you, know? then, <laughs> you keep doing your self-work you keep like you said being disciplined for and, me it's discipline and not just that so that's part of it for sure yeah let, let me go a bit deeper as i give myself things that make me happy yeah give myself things that bring my mind joy and my body joy Mm -hmm. as I give myself things that are fulfilling to my existence Mm -hmm. I I am enhancing yeah I'm expanding yeah I'm not just I'm not just like doing things for sake doing things sake Mm -hmm. I'm doing things that are a part of my ethos yeah and when people are aligned though in that way like you say the word ethos some people would say the word aligned with their purpose Mm -hmm. Or um, aligned with their highest self, whatever that terminology is. is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, then you really actually open up more space in the body. You do. For like miracles and blessings to start to flow. So there's just more flow in life. But you have to be disciplined because society is set up for you to not be in purpose, right? Right. Like it's going to try to cut you off from that. So you, you have to be calibrating back to like highest self, purpose, ethos, whatever. Um... So that you can continue to manifest all that, all those beautiful things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that word that you said a second ago, discipline. I want to um, query it to you. Yeah. Um, in this past week or two, I've noticed that I've had that more. Yeah. And I can recall, and society even nowadays often uses the word around children. Uh huh. That word discipline uh-huh. means to discipline them. Yeah. And I think that's the incorrect use of the word. Because that's punitive. It's very punitive. Mm-hmm. But that word has so much more power beyond punitive nature. Mm-hmm. That word, when used properly, can be a way to refine mm-hmm. and align mm-hmm. the individual. Yeah. Because when I talk about the word discipline, I'm actually talking about self-discipline, not discipline. For yeah. Them somebody else yeah and i'm so lucky to have learned the skill of discipline so early in life because like i was 
the first like extracurricular. I can activity. tell by the way. I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> oh my gosh. I am highly disappointed, and mm-hmm. I, I actually love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first like extracurricular activity I did was karate when mm-hmm. I was like five or six, which is that's I mean the mm-hmm. it's kind of like with yoga how yoga is not just movement it's a it's a mind uh, mm-hmm. skill mm-hmm. that you're trying to cultivate and refine and nuance as well and karate taught me that at like five years old and then I went into like band where you have to be highly disciplined in a very um, specific way like learning instruments and techniques precision yeah it is very precise um, and so I was like. Wow, I'm actually like, I could tell even in middle school and high school that I'm changing. My mind is more focused. I am better able to bring this kind of focus into other like subjects in school and stuff mm-hmm. because of the discipline I'm learning mm-hmm. with these extracurricular activities. Mm-hmm. So I just got addicted to it and I haven't stopped like ever. I mean, why would you want to? Yeah, because you see like the progress you make and the development. You make. And, you're, and you're living so clearly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have like... There's like the straight narrow focus, the straight narrow path that you see, and you 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 feel like you have the tools to get there, like the step by step directions and instructions. And I'll say this too: there's also a level of clarity of access to infinite wisdom and knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you're less clouded by the need, oh, when you're less clouded by the need to feel yourself, like so. Say for instance, you wake up in the morning and you don't gather your root needs yeah you don't sustain or you don't nourish your root needs you don't nourish your body you don't nourish your skin your care and your hair your mm-hmm. clothes those things if those things aren't handled mm-hmm. during the morning times you're needing to your mind is all those things subtly mm-hmm. all day long mm-hmm. there's this there's this undertone of i'm not settled yeah something's unfinished all day long yeah And I have now, since last Tuesday, maintained my own self in the morning. So for the day, I'm settled. Yeah, right. I'm, my being is good. Mm -hmm. My face is clean. My hair is shaven. My body's clean. I've I've gotten my, I've gotten my meditation. The grounding things that need to happen in the morning have happened. Mm -hmm. I can confidently and with, without much of a clogged mind on lower physical things yeah be open to yeah infinite wisdom and divine connection well i think part of why that is is because like this morning routine situation you've developed is a ritual yeah you know yeah it's this i do these things for me or to connect to a higher realm a higher spirit or something i'm disciplined with it every single day and what you see is the manifestation of spirit in your life because yeah you know nothing there's no other distraction. No hindrance. Yeah, yeah. The hindrances are gone. Mm-hmm. And I know that, that, that there's still eons to go in my development and growth, even, in, even from these past week and a half or so. But it's been great. I'm so glad that you are <laughs> more organized and compartmentalized yeah. and able to, you know, yeah. exist in the world that way. Because it's kind of, it seems antithetical to what you were doing before. But it's working. It Every hour has purpose. Wow. Yeah. When you know your purpose and have detailed your purpose yeah. in ways to make it practical in life, if you know what that purpose is, what those things are, mm-hmm. when you're awake, why not do them? 
Well, you know, I talked about this before. I don't think on the podcast, maybe it was a different conversation, how I was like, if it's not purpose, why, why am I here? Why am I doing it? And the great thing about that is, I know for me, I think more than you, my purposes are, the, the, the things that bring me purpose fulfillment are, 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 are vast. Yeah. Their movement, uh-huh. their static dance, uh-huh. their there's journaling and writing, there's there, there's walking outside of nature. There's a lot of things just in the morning that, that that bring me a level of purpose fulfillment. Yeah. And to give myself the time to embody those things, right? It's been marvelous. Yeah, you take that energy with you with everything else. Yes, That's how it works. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like I remember saying to you, you know. I don't think of a shower as a shower. It's like I have to be clean at night so I can get up in the morning right. and be on point for purpose. Right. Like it's everything takes on new meaning mm-hmm. when you have that kind of focus mm-hmm. on your your life plan. And it's also fun. Yeah. Like not to not to not to make purpose and work, not to like make it fun, mm-hmm. but I was talking to I think Buck yesterday and I told him about the work. It has to be done mm-hmm. to just to get something accomplished. And he had a question about it. And I told him, well, I've redefined what work means. Mm-hmm. Work no longer is a burden. Mm-hmm. It, well, I can't. I'll be honest. There is still some burdensomeness to work. <laughs> Especially these days with apps and things. Like, they're just frustrating and annoying. And what do you mean? Because all of our work is on an app now. You know? That's not burdensome to me. What kind of is? How's, I hate how's, it. Do you really? Yeah. Why I, do you hate it, Shalisa? Because I think there's too much going <laughs> on in each app, and it kind of makes my mind very scattered, and then I get very anxious. Mm. And you, I'm having to, like, flip between different apps to do different things mm. throughout the day, mm. and it's just, like, yes, the mind scatter starts to uh, click in, and then I just have anxiety, so I don't like it. Well, I did... Put online this week. I don't believe that the human, the human body, was designed to connect with people at the mass that we do. Yeah. I don't think that we should be connecting with people at the number that we do per day. Are you saying in person or through the internet or what? It's all the same. Okay. I mean, the mind connects. The mind sees input. The mind receives input. The mind receives emotion. Mm-hmm. And it receives emotion from not just 10 or 20 or 30, but on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, we're now being brought into contact mm-hmm. with probably over a couple thousand people yeah. That's per interesting. Day. That's funny that to me that you see it as connecting with people, because I think a lot of people, especially people with my kind of mind, would just see it as um, gaining information. Like There's too much information being thrown out. But even on the internet, you see it as there's a person. There. I do, and I mean, it's it's the same thing, but just said differently. Okay. It's the overload of information. Yeah, yeah, it is. You know? Yeah. Like, I I shouldn't have to discriminate between what's important and not, not important mm-hmm. in a in, in a half an hour time. Yeah. From from nineteen points of in of. of, of Points of um of information. That is so interesting that you're talking. It's a about. lot of information to have to discriminate yeah, between. Yeah, it is. It's too much. It's and, too much. Yeah, the human mind is not in any way like suited for this. The mind decides two things: yes or no. Yeah, you. I find myself like trying to like hold on to pieces of information, not even from the internet, but like, like from my to do to do list or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I do that and that and that, and, and just 
three or four things mm-hmm. just send me off my rocker and I'm just like whoa like and it can ruin like hours out of your day hours yeah but it's interesting because next month in July well technically in July the sound bath series is about this it's mm. about detoxing from social media cleansing from cable news what's the other one um I forget the, the other two but they're of that the vein that of theme. like we take we consume so much consume from the media something. and it needs to be purified let's pause and take a deep inhale through the nose filling up the chest all the way up to the top of the head drop your jaw and let it out with a sigh So it's almost a new month, which means a new sound bath series for the month of June. And in June, we will be exploring Voices of the Ancestors, in which we'll use the sound bath journey as a way to tap into the internal knowledge, the ways, the customs of our ancestors. Um, Every sound bath with me always includes some breath work, quartz crystal alchemy singing bowls, some solar flare gong therapy, chimes, uh, some very sacred Native American flute playing. So if you are interested in how to tap into that internal knowledge and wisdom of your ancestors, this is a great month to come on a Sunday and check it out. Um, There will be links to register down in the description box. And if you have any questions about how a sound bath works or what you need to bring or do, you can email me at portaltojoy at gmail.com. And let's jump back in. Some books because learning knowledge input is is just, it makes me happy. Yeah. It really does. Mm -hmm. But the more you learn, the more you have to decide how to use. Yes, it's true. And if you're stuck just learning things, and not integrating things and activating things is almost pointless. Yeah. And I've had to step back this week, something else that I realized this week. I have chosen to not learn anything new. That is a great point. It's fucking huge. Well, I know I've talked about in podcasts before how we're overfunctioned in the logic brain. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like you probably feel like you have to consume all that information from books. Even though books are a healthy source of information. Healthy. You know? But it's like because of academia and public school system programming and stuff, it's like, oh, I have to know more and more and more and keep reading and keep researching and all this stuff. And not bringing it down into your life. Yeah. Well, I think some of the like wisest elders or or scholars are people who probably read one book over and over and over again and sit with that information and really let it like marinate mm-hmm. and like you said integrate and like practice it in their mm-hmm. life before moving on to the next yeah. text or whatever yeah you know and i've been on that tip recently yeah i, I think I, I think I, I can recall one morning one evening when i know i would have pulled up put up at least three books mm-hmm I I don't know how you do that. <laughs> I I could never. <laughs> Not three. Different top. So right now I can probably count at least eight that I have, I have actively opened. Wow. Eight different books. There's no way. <laughs> some of them. Some of them are similar topics. Yeah. Of course, a lot of them are about yoga and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think two of them are more novel or autobiography. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of them are just knowledge mm-hmm. about my practices which is you know which makes sense like why not read what you're living yeah exactly and doing yeah but just adding 
It's yeah. adding. Mm-hmm. It's adding. Yeah, I like to spend four to six weeks with one book because I'm someone who wants to read it very slowly. Mm-hmm. I used to like kind of be mad at myself about being a quote-unquote slow reader, mm-hmm. but it's because my natural tendency is to sit with something mm-hmm. and like really like get granular, get really detailed, learn it. And that takes time. That takes that four to six weeks. Like you said a minute ago, I, and, and it, it just hit me just now, with, with, the, with the information age, yeah. quote-unquote, with the tech age and access to information, mm-hmm. and of course with the academia, like you said a minute ago too. Academia is a very subtle but powerful force to knowledge. Yes. And you and I both know this, and I'm sure our audience does as well, that knowledge isn't only in text. Our knowledge is available to us instantly. Yeah. yeah. In breath, mm-hmm. in observation, in reflection. Mm-hmm. That is the most direct source of knowledge. Mm-hmm. But because of academia and college and masters and PhDs and all these things that we want to accomplish outwardly, yeah. we miss out and lose connection to the divine, yeah. connection to inner source and higher knowledge, higher knowledge. Um, but it's, again, that it's that, uh, it's that uh, societal draw uh-huh. to know more. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I think... It's important to talk about the reality of academia too, because I remember in grad school, a particular, we'll just say a department that I was, <laughs> okay, <laughs> that I, I was not in, so I, I feel better about talking about okay. it, but um, they took a very sizable donation from a very well-known foundation. Okay. And in exchange for this very sizable amount of money, they had to give up the faculty had to give up their right to hire whatever faculty they want. They had to give up their right to create their own curriculum. And there was something else where it was like, they were just giving away their power in exchange for the money. And if you, I can't say the name of the foundation, I'll tell you later, but um, they definitely have an agenda they're trying to push. And they were trying, what I believe, what my intuition tells me is they were trying to push a certain way of doing things in the matrix or doing things in society through the textbooks, through the faculty that they were kind of like placing in this department. Yeah. Yeah. So there's this corruptive influence that's present in academia too. That makes me um, believe that there's like these undercover spies there too. Like no one talks about that, but we think that academia is this great, you know, it calls itself the institutions of higher learning and it's just, that's where you go to receive knowledge. And It's not higher, it's more. Yeah, it's, <laughs> what when I was in grad school, I felt like I was getting hazed, to be honest, because there's so much information you have to consume, so much reading every single day, so many papers. It's like, how can I learn? I'm just busy working all the time. Back in the day, maybe a year or two ago, I, 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 I rethought through how um, children are educated in school. Yeah. Particularly in terms of... This hummingbird coming by. This must be true. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, Particularly how disconnected education, quote-unquote, is from life. Yeah. Yeah. I had the idea, what if in school, not only did they have to learn the numbers and multiplication tables, Mm -hmm. they had to then... The the homework wasn't to remember them when they got home. Mm -hmm or do a sheet, their homework was to use that knowledge in the home. Yeah, and it's not like that. 
I mean, I haven't been in school for a while, but I imagine it's probably changed. I think it may have happened recently. Okay. I, I feel like this generation has shifted forward some. Okay. And in our, you're how, old are you, how old are you again? I'm 35. 35. I'm, I'm 34. So in 20 some years, I, I feel like this generation, this time in life mm-hmm. has shifted a bit. Right. For us though, and I mean, maybe even now still, to have a child study how to do numbers mm-hmm. and, have, and have the mom or dad or sister or brother help that child use those numbers, that skill in the home mm-hmm. for his own good. Mm-hmm. Ordering something, numbering his toys, mm-hmm. numbering his food, whatever it is, mm-hmm. making it practically functional yeah. to help his living. Yeah, right. To integrate his learning. Not just information going in. Right. Integration happening. Yeah, I feel like we definitely miss that piece. In, we miss it. In our era of school. We miss it. I really wish that I could have done... Um, not. It's not homeschooling. It's called village schooling. Uh, where it's like maybe 10 kids from the community go to someone's house. Or maybe there's a set building where um, you learn in a very small group with maybe you know one or two teachers... And you do this this type of thing that we're talking about. It's it's a more thorough. So you know, I was homeschooled, right? No, I didn't know that. I was homeschooled for high school. This for high school. From from ninth to twelfth grade for high school. Okay. And like you're saying, and I, so I I'm gonna give you a reference point to the change. Yeah. In homeschooling, and education too. Yeah. When I was in homeschool, I was homeschooled by myself uh-huh. at home. My mom. It was just me and her uh-huh. for the four years. They had just begun to have homeschool groups. Oh, okay. They exist. Yeah. And that existed back in 2000, what was that, 2002. Yeah. Right? A while ago. So, it, it, it began back then. Another point, I can remember coming to Apple, working at Apple. My customers were asked, you were homeschooled? I said, yeah, I was homeschooled. Well, you're so normal. <laughs> because homeschoolers... You have social skills. Right, right. <laughs> homeschoolers had a bad rap. Of yeah. not having social skills at all. Yeah. Because they really didn't. That's interesting because I went to public school and my social skills were not great. So that's just a stereotype. I guess it may be. Yeah. But, but well, well, I can attest to the fact that homeschoolers back in the day, <laughs> they didn't have the social skills I, at all. I will They you, did yeah. not. <laughs> they did not. That was an anomaly. <laughs> However, to, to the two points, social skills for one and the group dynamic for two, there are active homeschool groups that exist in communities, in cities now. Uh-huh. So it's not just the one-on-one or one-on-two. Uh-huh. There are, there may be a twice-a-week meetup yeah. where different kids from the community come together yeah. and learn together That's cool. in community as homeschoolers. Yeah, like a learning pod. A lot of businesses, education places, uh-huh. restaurant, museum and things, they have homeschool times. Yeah. At High Point, right coming gym, there's homeschool climbing. Oh, that's cool. Like, it's a thing. Yeah. That's known and pursued in today's time. Well, that sounds like village school. Like, it does. That's, the appeal of village school was that it was in a group to me. It was a small group. Um, you know, I went to like a really big high school, mm-hmm. like over 400 students, I think, that's in my senior big. class. It yeah. was pretty big. Oh, senior class. Yeah. That's pretty huge, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Luckily, I was in band, so I had this like very niche group. Mm-hmm. That's where I developed what social skills I had. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you were not in the band, like I was not going to talk to you. Like mm-hmm. it's very disclosed off to people and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's easy to feel lost 
and I feel like a big public school environment. So, so let, let me let me let me go here for a second. I remember maybe this was two years ago. I the work village. Yeah. Like you said a minute ago about schooling. And my point earlier about just having an onslaught of information from people mm-hmm. in a city, in a bus, in Huntsville, you might walk past 15 people in a half an hour mm-hmm. that you have no idea who they are, yeah. where they're from, why they are, their emotional state, what got them to where they are right now. And to have access to an abundance of people, but not to connection, mm-hmm. not to have someone who can see you and knows, and this can kind of be, it can kind of be taken to be intrusive, Yeah. but to have someone who is aware of your living yeah. and your circumstances, yeah. to be able to see you in a downtrodden space mm-hmm. or up as well and know and then be with that in a knowing sense yeah it's impossible now right much less Huntsville go to New York go to Atlanta mm-hmm. you walk on the street you have no connection to them at all except for the big city mm-hmm. I I know that for a fact that from social media posts and things that people walk around all the time depressed mm-hmm. suicidal mm-hmm. and because there's not a consistent seeing and knowing mm-hmm. because the because the mass is so large of yeah. connection or at, at least of of crossing paths yeah there's no safety yeah to be seen you know this is so good that you're saying that because back when i was religious and i i knew that i was not you know necessarily of the path or of that belief system mm-hmm. I would pick churches that were huge on mm-hmm. purpose mm-hmm. so that I could get lost and not connect to people. Cause I didn't wow. want anyone to know wow. that I was like not really into it. Yeah. And I met a girl <laughs> who, um, she was telling me that she had moved to New York prior to coming to that church. Cause she wanted to get lost in the crowd. Like she was seeking that. It's, it's she really <laughs> wanted to get lost yeah. in the crowded church. Well, in of New York city, oh, she the city. moved there because she wanted to, to get just, lost disappear basically yeah that's so sad it is sad but it's like i'm just saying that it's like yeah but yeah these are examples of these things happen and to know that you can do that mm-hmm. and you can go to these huge and environments get lost yeah and just be lost and it's interesting though because what i'm talking about not, is even like, a, not even a number well i was like we were both two people seeking the being lost yeah it's interesting because yeah we were attached to paths that did not serve us or our highest good or anything. And so we wanted to kind of just disappear in a way. Which is- What's good? Little break here to check in and let y'all know about what I do in the city of Huntsville. So I'm sure you can tell I enjoy holding space for movement, for breath, for inner work, for rest, and of course, all that encompasses yoga. There are a few ways to connect with me in the city um, and online as well. I lead classes every week in studios around the city that are a mixture of heated classes, non-heated classes, slow flow classes, and strength-based classes too. I also offer one-on-one sessions that include yoga, meditation, and the unique package of a six-week healing with Titus course as well. Everything I've said so far 
can be found either on my website at simiae.com. That's S-I-M-I-A-Y-E.com. Or on IG, Instagram. My handle is the fourth. T-H-A-F-O-U-R-T-H. With that in mind, I hope that you continue down the path of finding, connecting to, and releasing into your most authentic, true, healed, and conscious self. And I'll see you either online, in studio, and of course, back on the podcast. Let's hit it. Great statement that you just said. You were attached to paths and purposes that didn't serve you. Yeah. When you're in purpose, you want to connect. That's right. You do. You want to be seen. You want other people who are similar to you to mm-hmm. be connected to you. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how I feel like I am now. Like I love talking to the sound healers. Yeah. And, you know, figuring out what they do, how they do things, connecting. With and them. then the great thing is, each sound healer is also unique and diverse. Yeah. Meet someone who's white, who's Asian, mm-hmm. who's Hispanic. Mexican, mm-hmm. someone who's 30 years old, 20 years old, yeah. 50 years old. Yeah. And that brings the diversity yes. to the similarity. Yeah. But it's like, because I didn't agree with the doctrine or church culture or things like that, I didn't want people to know me because I didn't want to be in that conflict with them. You know con- I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because it's like, I know that they like it or they probably do or they do agree with it or something and I don't want them to know that I... That I don't. <laughs> but I'm also not ready to leave. Right. You know? It was a weird space to be in, but... I was there as well. Yeah. I was there as well. I I, I um I hid my yoga oh, for a long wow. time from, from, from my parents mm-hmm. and, and they're now welcome of it. They're now open to it in, in a variety of ways that aren't fully, but they're open to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yoga was the thing that I hid and... Um, I can recall thinking at least about the word source as God mm-hmm. back then when I was um, leaving college and out of college as well. A couple of things I can recall that, that I didn't speak to yeah. because I knew that the church environment wasn't on that same wavelength as I was. Yeah. So I was for a while struggling yeah. with not being seen and not having community. Yeah. And I think I may have told you on the podcast as well, I forget what year it was or what the timeline was, but I can remember I began to take off one Sabbath from church a month. <clears throat> oh, wow. What did your parents think of that? They were cool with it as long as I was not doing anything crazy. And even, wow. e- even though they were back then a lot more conservative, yeah. they were also very trusting of you, of me. Yeah. Um, and open to me pursuing what gave me joy. Yeah. Um, they trusted that I wasn't doing some crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably just doing yoga. Kind of. <laughs> but, but, they, but they did say, they did say, okay, well, what are we going to do? Make sure it's, you know, Sabbath type activities or whatever as well. Oh, okay. And I, I, I heard that, respected it. I wasn't doing nothing anyway, anyway, but yeah. sure. Um, so, yeah, once a month, once, one Sabbath out of a month, I would wake up in my own energy, my own time. I would breathe. I would maybe get some food I'll, I'll, move, I'll move slowly yeah there'd be no goal of going to a place getting dressed getting things together for the physical being somewhere uh-huh. it was me being with my body wow um i woke up in slow time i would um get some food again maybe get a shower um, and I, I would gather up some books and a blanket and go outside 
or nature. Uh-huh. And I would lay and I would write. And I would read the Bible because that was what I needed and, and, and knew back then. And I still have access to the Bible as well. But read the Bible. I'd meditate. I'd eat fruit and drink water. Uh-huh. I would be what I am now fully. Uh-huh. Unconsciously knowing that this is how I should be living all the time. Yeah. So okay, were your parents like gonna be? Did your parents ask you what you were doing in this time that you weren't at church or whatever? Not really. Sometimes they just trusted completely that. Yeah. And I mean, good. I mean, I wasn't. I wasn't young. I was like twenty. Twenty four. Oh, okay. Twenty three or so. Okay. I wasn't young yeah. at all. I wasn't needing to have them or they they didn't need to have me in their grip at all right but even still i was living at home yeah and the family goes to church mm-hmm. even if it, if, it, if, it, if, it, if it isn't their church you're gonna go to church because we go to church mm-hmm. we go to church and i'm like mm, no i'll be there three weeks but one week i'm gonna be home yeah. and they also understood that yeah. They understood the value of it. Yeah. It's funny because the, a, a reason why I drew away from it was because for me, Sabbath is meant to connect to nature, with, with God, to remember, to reflect. Uh-huh. Um, and the Sabbath church experience uh-huh. is almost contrary to that. Yeah, right. You're going into a building. Yeah. You're closing your body off with clothes and things. You're... Mm-hmm. you're and then after church, we come home and eat and sleep mm-hmm. or chat and talk. Mm-hmm. And we wouldn't actually bring into life what we may have learned from church that day either. Mm-hmm. There were just this... Yes, this, this routine. This, this, yeah. That, that was something that really bugged me too about church culture was that people were coming out of obligation, it felt like, including Fully. me. It was Fully. like, I want to be a good person I want to be seen the right way in the eyes of God or Jesus mm-hmm, or whatever mm-hmm, being. Mm-hmm. So I will show up to this place. Yep. I was tithing out of obligation yep. a lot. Yep. It wasn't seeing um, any kind of return on the tithe, honestly. It's like now I'm noticing when I invest in purpose, like sound healing, I have a return of money like almost immediately, like within yeah. days. Yeah. Like just investing into self has yeah. returned a lot to me, but investing into an institution especially with the condition of my spirit the way it was. Mm-hmm. It wasn't returning. I was just mm-hmm. giving and giving mm-hmm. and giving mm-hmm. and not getting anything back. And it was just draining. So, I mean, that's one of the many reasons I had to mm-hmm. step away. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, and this kind of ties back into, like we were saying before, being conscious of your energy levels. Like, if I had known that concept back then, I probably would have left way sooner, to be honest. And I can remember being in church and not being in, not being high energy. Yeah, like, I always felt, whenever I read the Bible, like, there was this gray cloud over me, like, every like my aura felt great mm-hmm. in, in, in hindsight. Mm-hmm. Just felt really sad and down and low vibes and, like, I don't connect to what I'm reading mm-hmm. or I, I have to act. Because I remember, like, I also grew up in a very conservative kind of mm-hmm. Um, fa- not family but definitely like the public school system was mm-hmm, very mm-hmm, religious still mm-hmm. and just like to get approval from teachers and things I knew I had to say certain things yeah. that were of that type of you yeah. know uh, yeah I think too is one last thing on this topic at least I remember having an inner knowing that the statements that, about God being in nature uh huh and I, I remember 
a big statement from that time was nature is God's second book. Ooh. Like the Bible is his first book. Nature is his second book. That's a distortion to me, but go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Though. Okay. Um, so with, with that being what it was, why are we not immersing in the second book? I know. And I, <laughs> I right, I, 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 along with that, Along with that concept, I just always felt like I just felt like I should be in nature. Yeah, because like, you should. That's where. Well, well, yes, but that, but but that's where. Back then, unknown, unlearned. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I'm. I'm, I'm thinking back to myself now. To, 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 I'm thinking back to who I was. Back, who I was back then. In my head, I'm thinking to myself. If I want to be close to God. Mm-hmm. Where else is God most than the area He un, would like to un un unaltered? Yeah, yeah. Well, it says in Genesis, right? First line: God breathed life into the world or land. I'm not sure. The in the beginning, <laughs> what is the words? In the beginning, God uh, the, the, He hovered over the earth, the earth. What what you're getting at is <laughs> He spoke, and there was light. And then he, um, uh, I know where you're going. If he's the that. creator of all the things, Be, get, why aren't we in all the why things? Are we in, why are we in it? We're in buildings. We're in institutions. Like and then, schools. and then, and, and 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 don't get me wrong to my those audience members who are churchgoers. I I support that because there's a, there is there there can be a place for you in in, in the church. I I I, I don't want to speak yeah. speak to to negate it at all. Yeah. However, I also I can recall reading in the Bible where Christ may have been in church, like written down about five times. His whole life, or from from what what was written down in his in his gospel ministry, he was in the city, he mm-hmm. was in the community, he was healing people. Yeah. Even the Pharisees and Sadducees had to say, "You're healing on Sabbath," and he said, "Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. Yes, I am. Mm-hmm. The Sabbath is made to be to, to be doing healing work. Mm-hmm. I've been to my church." All day long. Yeah. And black folk be in church all day long. And Wednesday night all night. And Tuesday <laughs> and Friday and Monday too. Yeah. And that's again, that's not church. Because in ch- ch- church, there are there are there are benefits to church. There are. I know that there are. But from Titus, Brother Lisa, and I will say for humanity, we as natural beings, with God in us, yeah. in the nature, why are we not there? Yeah. Because we're, like I said, over-functioning in the knowledge gaining and the logic. You got to read and learn the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. That's how, that, that's one of the other things that church culture kind of, it, it kind of goes back to what you're saying too. It wasn't necessarily church. It was the church culture mm-hmm. that really bugged me. The very blatant patriarchy, like never seeing a woman as a pastor. Mm-hmm. When they're finding historical documents now that Jesus was probably married to a woman who he had um, elevated to the level of uh, disciple, and that's mm-hmm. not even captured in the text mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. So there's this blatant like um, suppression of the feminine, the, the divine mm-hmm. feminine. Mm-hmm. Never seeing a woman represented in leadership position in the church. Uh, yeah, and j- things like I don't want to like hamper on it yeah. too much, but yeah, um, yeah the, as I got older and started just seeing things through my own perspective and seeing problems that are presented and when you asked about the problems or asked questions for clarification 
there were no answers given in my opinion. So I'll tell you this, my parents um, now are often home on Sabbath. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Wow. And they're <laughs> they're studying, they're reading, they're really? exploring more knowledge. They're they're uncovering reading their, the Bible or reading what? Different texts, different spiritual texts, different okay. things that not like Quran type stuff, but just different things, different authors that are Christian supportive of, of, okay. of, of their themes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're, 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 especially post-COVID, when we have to go home, yeah. a lot of Christians, I can recall, seeing, I'm home, mm-hmm. and there's nature outside, and mm-hmm. there's my own space, and I'm going to study for myself, and I'm going to do my own thing. Mm-hmm. That still is Christ-focused, mm-hmm. but also, I'm doing me yeah. here now, yeah. and it's not bad. Right. I can tap in online. Or tap into my own meditation, my reading, my writing mm-hmm. for, for themselves as well. Yeah, that's true. I yeah. See that. yeah. Yeah. And it's not to... I also understand people are very connected to their faith and their beliefs. Mm-hmm. But it just was not working. It wasn't working. <laughs> for me. Like, I just... I couldn't. And I feel like so much life is available mm-hmm. now that I've cut myself off from mm-hmm. it. So... Yeah, and I always feel like even if I'm speaking openly about my past or my uh, story with religion, Mm -hmm. it's never my objective to disrupt someone else's, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like me speaking my truth should not interrupt or disrupt whatever you have going on. Yeah, it's just two different paths Yeah, is all. And that often happens. Yeah, it does. Often happens. People start doubting because, you know, someone like me starts talking or something. But Or people like us oftentimes will demean those who aren't like us. Mm-hmm. Oh, I've had that too. And um, I, a part of me is maybe grateful for it because it was kind of a wake-up call. Like, I knew internally that it was off and then someone started like really pushing it. Like one of my good friends started really pushing, like, why are you in there? If you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you don't believe that this mm-hmm. text is true. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was pushy, but I, it kind of helped in a way, you know, yeah. in a yeah. non-compassionate way, but still in a way. Right. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so I had an experience with nature. Yeah. This week. Have I been up in the morning at 4am walking and things? Yeah. Of course, when, when you're outside in nature and walking, you want to ground whenever you can in, in bare feet. Mm-hmm. In my neighborhood, there's, of course, the mixture of grass and earth and concrete and driveway and things. Mm-hmm. So as I'm coming home from my walk, I oftentimes will take out my shoes and walk in the earth a little bit. And then there's, like, grass and there's earth and there's grass and earth back and forth. Between walking on the earth and walking on the concrete, there's a very visceral difference that mm-hmm. I feel. Yeah. Not just that it's hard. Yeah. Or soft, but I almost feel a resonant embrace. Yeah. From the earth, mm-hmm. and I and I, I then feel a a a repelling. A repelling. From the concrete. Yeah, and if you notice, uh, the more you walk on grass barefoot, how much slower you walk yeah. compared to concrete. Yeah. Like the concrete kind of induces this need to go quicker mm-hmm. which makes you feel anxious mm-hmm. which really makes walking not a restorative activi- activity activity on concrete on yeah. concrete yeah. like it would be barefoot on the grass hmm. i never thought about applying the word restorative to walking yeah in well, the context that it is you know why i did that is because um why did you do that back in the day when i had really bad ptsd uh-huh. and i had always been this kind of chronic fitness person like always at the gym or whatever and I was telling them that, and they were, 
we kind of figured out that I was getting exercise induced panic attacks for mm. one. So they were like, you can't work out for a certain period of time. Mm. They were like, you need to meditate and walk. And then I would go walking and it would feel just like I had done a workout or something because it was walking on concrete and it wasn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't like restorative or like it didn't help me to like slow down the pace mm. of my body that mm. much. And so I just was like working out. But I had the same mentality of like lifting weights or something as I was walking mm. on concrete. Mm. So they always say like go for a walk. It'll help with all these benefits. And it will. Yeah. It will. But yeah, I think right. it depends on like the, the distinction we're making in your mindset too as you're walking. Yeah. You know? And I think you, even that, like you, like, like, like you mentioned, and I, 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 I added on to, if you're going to walk to gain mm-hmm. strength, if you're going to walk to gain something, which isn't bad, you're going to gain mm-hmm. the work. But if you're going to walk to restore mm-hmm. or to recenter or to re or to cleanse Mm -hmm. that's not going to happen with rocks yeah and cement yeah and it's not going to happen that way yeah if you really want to center yourself what does that even mean first of all Mm -hmm. or if you know what it means but ask yourself the question Mm -hmm. and then what can you really connect to that will bring you back to center yeah you talked about it before the difference between Doing fitness and doing yoga is yeah. kind of like, yeah. like, are you just moving to move or mm-hmm. like, what's the goal here? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of have to mm-hmm. dig deep on that. It's funny though that you said that you said about how the walk felt like a workout to you. Yeah, because that's the mindset I had. I and, was like, I need to move and go and, you know, and then combined with the concrete, that's what it created. And you had the PTSD from working out too. Yeah, yeah exercise induced. Exercise induced PTSD. Panic attacks. Sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry. Well, because I was doing that crazy like hit workout kind of stuff, mm-hmm. um, and it's like the mentality is go fast, go hard all yeah. the time, and you do you train your brain to do that day in and day out. You know, six or seven days a week. You do. You don't rest. I was told not to rest. Honestly, they're like the more you're in here, the better. That the fitness industry is kind of like screwed up in my opinion. <laughs> Uh, but I guess I won't speak about that right now. One right. of my good friends, she's um, she's um, journeying closer to her empathic, um, sensitive, um, grounded inner self. Yeah. And uh, she told me that even before I gave her the Ayurvedic lifestyle, yeah, she realized that her body type isn't one that should be doing intense exercise. Mm-hmm. And we believe that. We're human, so we must exercise. We must, we must lift weights. We must, we must do these things. Mm-hmm. And I believe each body type slash each energy profile mm-hmm. has its own most efficient way. Yeah. To gain strength. Yeah. And to gain peace. That's so interesting. I love that because your choice of movement style is extremely important. Mm-hmm. Movement is so important for like just moving stagnant energy mm-hmm. out of the body and things. Mm-hmm. And I found, especially like now that I'm getting older and um, I'm got the need to like pull back a little bit and mm-hmm. not be like think I'm 24 and can just do a bunch of like a yeah. thousand burpees in two minutes. I mean, part of this is age. <laughs> Some real. Yeah. Part of it is age. Yeah, but I, I also 
Like, I haven't told many people this, but I had a battle with orthorexia back then. What is that? Orthorexia is kind of this compulsion to have the perfect diet, the perfect workout, the perfect body. Mm. So it wasn't that I, I had an issue with with not eating food or eating too much food or not enough food. It was like I wanted this perfect amount of food. Like, I was obsessed with food journaling. I was obsessed with um, really weighing my food. That was a version of you that existed? Titus. Oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what? Back in like my early 20s. <laughs> I was very strict paleo. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was this fitness industry mentality yeah. that I was fed. That yeah. Like, be in the gym every day, go hard, eat this, don't eat anything else. And I just kind of, it got into my brain and I was like, just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to be perfect at it for some reason. And finally I figured, my, figured out what it was and um, was able to release myself from mm-hmm. it. But yeah, like these industries and things kind of feed you a narrative. We talked about narratives in the last mm-hmm. episode, mm-hmm. and you adhere to them, and then your life is kind of out of control because <laughs> it's not your authentic truth. So you kind of have to have this wisdom of, you know, taking what you need from it and leaving the rest. You know, that's what I've learned now yeah. is to have that kind of balance. Yeah, work with your body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Work with your body. That was a learned skill <laughs> for yeah. me. to us chat please continue to support the podcast you can download you can follow you can share with friends um stay tuned for maybe a possible event maybe yeah and check us out for both of our um both of our offerings in the city yeah Shalisa has her sound bath that she offers it weekly yeah on sunday for sure at three o'clock mm-hmm. and what where else when else do you do um, I see private clients. That's the only other okay. offering I have. Private clients one on one, and then and yeah. sound bath, and then I've got my stuff that I'm doing in the city. Um, I, we both have an email that we send out regularly. You do more than I do, and I'll be having one soon too. I'll be having some events and things that we offering to the community too soon. Check us both out individually, and check out podcast content as well. Yeah. So thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next time on the next episode. Bye. Adios. Mm-hmm.